In uh, Wana, we have, uh, Wana's broken up into different parts. Uh, I'm, I'm sure probably everybody knows, but we have game time, we have snack time, we have memory verse time, and we also have something called large group time, which this is where the kids would normally sit. And the leaders, some of the leaders have got up here and were brave enough to do object lessons and story lessons to try to teach the kids, and so they didn't just hear Pastor Joe and myself. But that was one of the things that we did every single week. We tried to present the gospel a lot of times, uh, truths from God's word, and these kids did a good job of listening. Now, if we were in Awana right now, I would do the same thing uh, for them that I would, but I'm not going to do that to you. I'd be asking for answers. Uh, but since, you know, we'd probably have, and it would probably be really beneficial if I could get answers from everybody, but that might take a little longer than anybody wants, and I don't even know how adults would respond. So I just want you to think for just a second here. Uh, what, what sources of, of information are out there that you collect information from? The internet, right? Anybody get information from the internet? I get it from the newspaper. I get it from my books. I get it from the teacher. I get it from my friends. I get it from my family. Anybody even get information from a hardware store, right? You can get information from anywhere. You may not think of it that way, but everywhere you go, you're collecting information from people. Now, how many of you say, I believe everything I hear and everything that people tell me? Everything I read, everything people tell me, anybody say, I believe that? Fake news. <laughs> now, I, I don't believe everything that I hear. I, I have to consider the source. If something sounds legitimate, uh, then I'll, I'm just going to follow the directions because I don't know everything and I don't want to know everything. If I have a plumbing problem, I can, I can read a book or YouTube it and say, I'm just going to try this. If I'm going to cook, which I really don't do, I'm just going to follow the recipe. I'm not going to try to match these ingredients to try to make a cake. I'm just going to say, this is what they say you need to do, and so I'm going to follow the steps to do it. And we, People have their, their specific areas of study. If I was going to go be a rancher, I would say, hey, Dale, sit down and tell me everything I need to know about being a rancher. And guess what I would do? I would do everything Dale told me to do. I'm not going to go study it out and ask all these questions of 50 million people to decide what it is. Dale knows what he's doing. I don't. I'm just going to accept the fact. Now, if you're in school and your, your teacher tells you about history, that's okay. It's, it, and you listen to everything they say, that's going to get you an A. If you're following a recipe, it's okay to just follow the directions. If you're trying to build a structure and someone says, this is how you do it, you don't have to go try to study everything out to see if it's really true. It's okay to just take people at their word. But when it comes to the person up here, when it comes to the person on the radio, when it comes to your Bible study book, it doesn't work that way. You're not supposed to just sit there and be the intake of information and say, well, I'm sure Josh said it, so it's probably true. I'm sure uh, Pastor Joe said it, so it's probably true. I'm sure Dr. David Jeremiah said it, so it's probably true. You could do that, right? Because none of the three of us or any other really good pastor out there is going to try to lead you astray. They're going to try to tell you what the truth really is. But your job, we're going to find here in uh, Acts 17, is to check it out for yourself to see if it's really true. So, I want you to do that. If you have a Bible, turn it to Acts chapter 17 and see if what you hear is what is really there. You say, Josh, I didn't bring a Bible. That's okay. There are pew Bibles. Josh, I don't know where that's found in the Bible. Ask a kid. They'll tell you where it's at. Because they've been working on the books of the Bible. Uh, we have a... These King James Bibles, on page 105 of the New Testament half, you will find Acts 17. 
So you can check along to see if what is true, is, what, we, what I'm saying here is really true. And I would encourage you to do that. And that's the challenge that we're, we're going to receive today. Paul tells the Bereans, you guys are of more noble character than the Thessalonians because you, you didn't just take it at my word. Which of all the people in the world, who do you think you should trust? Paul, right? You compare him to me, you say, they're like, that's like miles and miles apart on levels of knowledge and of skill. And, and Paul is commending these people for checking out to see what he said is really true. And so I'm going to encourage you to do the exact same thing today. We will be in Acts 17, verse 11. In your bulletin on the very back, if you say, I'm still not going to do it, if you're just, if you're just that way, uh, Acts 17, 11 at the top of the bulletin tells you the main verse we will be looking at. And we'll be jumping off of that to see if what it says is true. Okay, so Acts 17, verse 11 says, Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, which is referring to the Bereans, for they received the word with great eagerness. They examined the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So we have these two different uh, populations, these two different groups of people. The Bereans are a more noble character than the Thessalonians. What were the Thessalonians like? I could just stand up here and tell you anything I wanted to tell you. Because if, if you don't know where it's at, you're, you're not going to know. But I would encourage you, again, to follow along. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. It says, When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined the Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. They formed a mob, and they started a riot in the city. So you have two different groups of people. You have the Thessalonians. There was a few Jewish people that did, and these were the people that were supposed to be hearing the message. A few said, okay, I'm going to accept this as true. I'm going to believe it. A large number of Greeks, a large number of Gentiles said, hey, I'm going to accept this message. And even a few women said, I'm going to accept this message is true. How does that compare with Berea? Well, first of all, when you, the, the size. I had to do a little research. I had to take somebody at their word because uh, it's history. But Thessalonia was a capital city. It was a great big city. Berea was a much smaller town. I don't think it's 100% accurate, but I'm picturing like, Helena or Billings compared to Baker, right? You got a vast difference between the two places. Now, majority of people, where do they try to go? They want to go to the big city, right? They want to go there because they think that's where the prestige is. That's where the money is. That's where the doctors and the lawyers, and that's where you find uh, the governor and the judges and all those kinds of things. People flock to that because they say, I've arrived. And so by the world standards, forgive me for saying this, they say it's it's better to live in Billings than it is to live in Plevna. Now, everybody who lives here apparently says they got it backwards, and I would happen to agree. But from the world's standpoint, they say that's what's better. And so that's kind of the same thing of what's going on here. These people are saying, we've arrived. We are the ones who are noble-minded. But he's saying, no, it's not these guys who are noble-minded. It's the people who are diving, who are excited to hear the message. They're receiving it. They're trying to study it out to see if what Paul is saying is really true. And then they're putting it into practice. But the people of Thessalonica, it's very easy to see they weren't open-minded. They weren't willing to check out to see what, if what Paul said was really true. And they weren't 
Uh, and that was okay with Paul. He says, I don't want you to take my word because I said it. I want you to check it out to see what, what it, whether or not it's really true. But they weren't willing to do that. So the Bereans, they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're doing exactly what I hope that you are willing to do today and tomorrow and next Sunday and the rest of your life. This is a challenge. It's not just for today. 17, verses 11 through 13. It says, Now the Bereans were a more noble character than the Thessalonians, and here's why. They received the message and examined this with eagerness. They examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And then many of the Jews believed, as also did a large number of Greek men and many Greek women. Now, they, the first thing they did is they received the word with eagerness. They were, they were interested in being there. They, they went to the synagogue every week to hear from God. Now, that's, uh, they had a readiness of mind. They desired it. You know, this, this is uh, kind of a, a, an interesting thing for them to do because, I mean, it's completely, like, different from us because how many of you listen to Dr. David Jeremiah on the radio, right? I bet a lot of you do. Uh, how many of you read a book or read the Bible for yourself? That was something that they didn't do. But they had to go to a synagogue in order to hear the message. That would be like their church, kind of like what you're sitting in here today. Uh, for their sake, you'd call it a synagogue, but they had to go every Sabbath to hear the message. You say, I can hear messages at 2 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 8 in the, at, at night. I've, and I've heard of people uh, 5.30 in the morning, you can hear Dr. David Jeremiah. I'm not going to get up at 5.30 in the morning. I can barely function on Wednesday at the men's thing at 5.30 in the morning, let alone get up and try to prepare or share a message. But these guys were willing to do that. So they received it with great eagerness. You know what? Ask, isn't that every preacher's dream? Right? People in the pew because they want to be there and they're excited to be there and they're like, I just tell me more. I'm hungry to hear from God come out of your mouth. What is God going to speak to me today? That's every preacher's dream. So they did that. The second thing they did, they examined from scriptures daily to see if it was really true. Now for them, that's easier said than done. I mean, you guys can sit here and go, okay, yeah, it's right there. I can see that these are, this is exactly what the Bible says. But they didn't have a Bible that they could carry around. They would have like a scroll, and they, somebody would get up, they would read the scroll. And for these people to, to do that was a, an awful lot of work because anybody here ever take notes? Boy, this kind of makes sense. This kind of doesn't make sense. I have questions about that. They didn't just have paper readily available that they could just take notes. They had to pay attention. They had to think about this. And then when the service was over, go check out what does the scroll say? Uh, they got it. They got to remember, and they, they, go, they look at it, and they go back to work the next day, and they said they checked daily to see if what was true. Everything that they'd heard, I'm sure they would have questions during the week. I got to go back after work, and I got to check this thing out to see if it was really there. Anybody interested in doing that? No thanks. It's hard enough to come to church once a week, right? These guys were coming back old, uh, lots and lots of times in order to make sure that what they heard was really true. They did not take Paul's word as the gospel of truth uh, just because Paul said it. They were able to look and see, yes, for themselves, that this is what was really true. They, were, they weren't sighing. They weren't slouching in their chairs. They weren't staring at their clocks to see when is this finally going to be over. They were focused. They were paying attention because they wanted to examine the, the scriptures to see if it's true. Now, I don't know. I'm not a cop. I, I'm not really an investigative kind of person. But I know from watching movies, if there's a crime scene, I'm sure Nick could attest to this, if there's an accident out there, 
He doesn't just walk up and say, okay, first person, what's your story? Okay, I'm going to go home and write my book or, or whatever he does at the police station and arrest people, right? What's he do? He gets out, he, he, he talks to multiple people. He starts to examine the crime scene. He's, he, they, they have, they've done all sorts of investigations, all sorts of history to tor determine well, how fast was that car going to be able to stop and slide that far? And who had the right of way? But he's investigating to see if what is true is really true. Uh, interrogating the prisoner. You don't just ask him a few questions and say, yep, that's your side of the story, that's good enough. You ask multiple people because you want to know what the truth really is. Until, he, until he's satisfied that he's got the correct answer. And Paul is commending them for doing this, to look and to see if what you're hearing is really true. It's, it's amazing that he, he would do that because he's Paul. He didn't get defensive and say, look, guys, I'm the apostle here. I sit up here in front. I'm telling you this is the truth. I got this message from God. Sit down and listen. He didn't get angry that they wanted to check it out. He says, good for you. Good for you for checking. Get up there day after day as long as it takes to determine if this is really true. And I'm going to tell you the same thing, and I know Pastor Joe would. If you're checking it out to see if what you hear on the radio is true, if you're checking him out, or if you're checking me out, or your Bible study book, check it out. See if it's really true. Drill it in your brain. Three words. Check it out. See if it's true. Number three, as a result, they changed their life based off of what they heard. Okay, and that's very important. It says a lot of people got saved. They, they heard Paul's message of salvation. They said, yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. I'm sure Paul's trustworthy. But they went and they checked it out, and they saw for themselves that the message of salvation was true. Well, that's good. I mean, because I can fill my head with all sorts of important things. But if I don't do it, then that's kind of a waste of brain, my brain, right? It, it's a waste of space if I don't do what it says. But these people said, hey, I'm going to accept that that message is true, and I'm going to put it into practice. Now, we have a choice to make. Do we want to be like the Thessalonians? And if you say, hey, you know what, I'm content to just come and sit and listen, or, I'm, or to the radio, and I really don't want to do anything with what I hear, you got my permission to put your feet up on the pew in front of you, sit back, relax, close your eyes, and take life easy, if, if that's what you want to do. But if you say, I want to be more noble-minded, I want to take the higher road, and I want to check this out, and, and <laughs> sitting up and listen and see if what is, is really true. But you've got a choice that you have to make. The first thing, receive God's word with eagerness. Now, I'm a preacher's kid. I have told you guys what that means. You go to church every single Sunday since you're born until you die, until you move out of the house and you have the freedom to not ever go again. And I've told, I've told people that I sat there, and as soon as you said amen, I was out the door running home a whole mile to go watch the Seahawks lose. Because... <laughs> That's what I was interested in. I was not interested in sitting here and listening to my dad talk week after week from what God's word said. So I know it's hard. I know it's hard to sit here. I know it's warm in here. I know there's a barbecue going on out there that I hope everybody's willing to stay for and eat. Okay, I know there's other things we'd rather do. It's beautiful outside. And so I know that it's difficult. But if you want to be eager to hear what God said, I would encourage you to do a few things. Uh, first of all, tell God, hey, I'm, I'm bored with this guy. I'm tired, God. I have a hard time understanding this or staying awake, so please help me. Right? So you can do that. Uh, you can make sure that last night you got a good night's sleep so that today it's easy to sit and listen for, for like 25 minutes to hear possibly what God wants you to, to hear. And then when your mind starts to wander, 
because I know mine does too. Not up here, but mine, mine starts to wander too. It's like you've got to take captive of every thought. Say, no, I'm going to focus on this. Because God speaks better to an open ear. If you're sitting there waiting to hear from God, if you're trying to get something out of it, God's like, I'm going to cramp something in your ear, little eardrum that you need to hear. But if you're like sitting back, not expecting anything, not really caring, I don't think you're going to get anything out of a message that God wants to share with you. So take every, cap, thought, every thought captive, but come ready to hear a message from God. Receive it with eagerness. Number two, examine the scriptures to see if it's really true. Investigate it for yourself. Uh, you know, in order to be able to check out if scripture is really true, uh, Taven, we come up here. Where's Taven? Yeah. We, we, we had the kids work on the books of the Bible. Do you know why we did that? The books of the New Testament. Do you know why we did that? It wasn't just to give them something else to do. It's so that, you want to come up here? It was so that they could know, they could pick up any Bible, or they can follow along. If I say, turn to the book of Mark, they're not going to have to open to the concordance in the front. They're going to say, I know exactly where Mark is at. And I know where Mark chapter 4, verse 3 is. And I can see if what the pastor or the Sunday school teacher is saying is really true. So here's an example of one little guy who learned the books in the New Testament. All right. Hey, would you like to pick one? Okay, I will, the kids that we, we gave them an airhead, if they could say the books of the New Testament with only one help, they got an airhead. This is going to sound really funny, but I'm serious. Is there an adult that's willing to come up and do that too? My mom is. No, that doesn't work. We tried that before. Okay, I mean, I know it's a really gutsy thing to do, but is it because you don't know the books of the New Testament, or is it because I just don't want to talk in front of people? Because I understand it gets kind of scary to get up here. But it's important to know where the books of the Bible at. If somebody, I, I know uh, a pastor who, who's like all over the Bible. He's like, we're here, and he's cross-referencing, and he's going back and forth. And if you don't know where the books of the Bible are at, you've you got to take him at his word. And that's no, 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 don't do that. Get your Bible out, try to keep up with him, and see if what he's saying is really true. That's why we want the kids to learn the books of the Bible. They can pick up any Bible and find the book of John, any Bible and find the book of Revelation, because they have studied this out. And also, when you, when you know the books of the Bible, that's a, a positive, but if, if you need to know, where does the Bible talk about encouragement? Where does the Bible talk about, how do I deal with my stress? How do I, how do I deal, deal with marital problems? You know, I mean, you can learn things from the scriptures. You look in the back, and it says in the concordance, well, the book of Proverbs, I mean, you can go, like, just flip through the whole thing and try to find it or go to your concordance, or you can say, you know what, it's right there. There's the book of Proverbs. Now we've got to find the numbers. I think we all know at least to count up to 50, right? And that's about the most chapters you're going to find in the Bible except the book of Psalms. And so there's, there's all these benefits. And so we challenge these kids to do this. And pretty much every single kid who got up here to do this could actually do this. Even the Old Testament, which we're going to work on next year, and the kids are going to get up here and do the same kind of thing with the Old Testament because it's that important. So we have, we've got to receive it with eagerness. Two, we've got to examine if it's true. You can take my word for it, but I don't recommend it. Funny for a pastor to say, 
but it's really true. Uh, there's, lots of, there's lots of really uh, energetic, creative uh, Fruit Loop pastors that get up and say all sorts of things on YouTube and on the TV and on the radio and in these big churches. It's like, that's not what the Bible says. And if you don't know what it says, if you're not following along, you're going to be led astray. On Monday, Leslie and I met with a pastor, a friend that she used to have uh, in Miles City, and he was talking about a, a guy who became the pastor of this little church in Rice, and it was a, it's like a, a one-house town. I mean, it's like there's nothing there. Uh, but the, the pastor showed up, and he started preaching the gospel, and he started sharing the truth. And then somewhere along the way, he started saying things that were contrary to what Scripture really said, and the people were able to recognize it. Because they, he started preaching that there is no hell. I don't know if you believe that there's a hell or not, but the Bible will show you clearly that there is no hell. Because of what, I mean, I'm sorry. Are you paying attention? Anybody catch that? There is a hell, okay? And the Bible says that. But this guy was preaching it, and people were following along, and they could see if it was really true. So check it out. Number, uh, there's resources that you can use. Everybody, I think, has a Bible. Pastor Joe is a good resource. There's sometimes we'll get together and we'll talk, talk theology and what does the Bible say and how do I explain this and how do I interpret this. Uh, there's online resources that I've, I've told people at church really quick, quest, uh, gotquestions.org, uh, biblehub.com, Blue Letter Bible. These are online resources that are reliable that you can trust to give you insight into what God's Word says. We have all the resources in the world that these people did not have at their fingertips. So don't say it's too much work, it's too hard, I'm just going to trust Joe or Josh. Dig into it and see for yourself it's really true. The number three thing that they did was they changed their, li they changed their life based off of what they heard. And I want to challenge you to change your life based off of what you hear. The Bible says don't steal. Guess what? Don't steal. The Bible says don't lie. Don't lie. It says don't make anything more important to God. Don't make anything more important to God. And, and some of the things get a little bit harder to understand. I mean, they're not quite as black and white or as easy to understand. But if you're reading God's word and you're seeing if what is really true, you're going to come across those things. If you do those things, they will make you more noble than the Thessalonians. You say, uh, that's not me, Josh. I really don't fit into that category. Guess what I'm going to tell you? Okay, that was yesterday. Today's a new day, right? From this point on, I can be something different. You can fit that category. So A, receive the word with eagerness. Uh, you know, God, like I told you earlier, God speaks better to a listening, attentive ear. So when you're sitting in church, be focused like God's speaking to you. If you're listening to the radio, receive it with eagerness. Uh, listen in expectation that God's going to speak to you. Number two is examine your own Bible to see if what you have heard is really true. Get out your Bible, talk to each other around the, the dinner table outside today or uh, all, all the online resources that we've talked about, uh, but don't take the speaker at, they, at their word. Dr. David Jeremiah, Billy Graham, Joe, myself, anybody, don't just take it at their word unless you can look and see for yourself this is what is really true. And the third thing is to live your life based off of what you hear. You know, next year, I'm going to say, hey, Pastor Joe, we do 2 Timothy 3.16. And it's going to be all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The whole scripture is beneficial. Not just the New Testament, not just the easy parts. All of scripture was given to us by God. And it's, it's profitable. He, it will make us wise for salvation. It will make us more noble than 
the, the uh, Thessalonians if we take this stuff and put it into practice. So step one, hopefully you guys have done this. You've received the word with eagerness. I know you're sitting there, and I know noise is going in your ear, but hopefully you've received it with eagerness. The second thing, uh, as you're examining, you followed along with your own Bible to see if what that one verse said was really true. Hopefully you have done that. And now the, the rest is up to you. Step three is a repeat step, and that's to take what you've heard and put it into practice. And so I challenge you, don't just take it because somebody said it. Check it out for yourself and see if it's really true. Let's pray, and then we're going to have a slideshow. Dear God, I do thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you gave it to each one of us. You gave it to us in our own language. There's different versions of it that help us to understand if what we're, so we can understand that it's really true. And I pray, God, that you would just bless each of us with the desire to understand it, the ability to, to put it into practice, and the eagerness to learn it, God. I know that takes time and effort, and I just pray for that energy. I just pray for uh, everybody here who wants to do that, that you just inspire them to do that. God, we have a good meal waiting for us, the barbecue, and I just pray that you bless that food to our bodies as well and the hands that have prepared it for us. In Jesus' name, amen.